You're listening to Asking for a Friend with therapist Stephen Ng. It's a conversation about human sexuality and how to approach it with intelligence, understanding, and compassion. Hi, you're listening to Stephen Ng in Asking for a Friend, and I'm with my friend, Jackie. Hi, Jackie. Hi, Stephen. Uh, you were saying before we sat down, you knew somebody who was going through a problem. And... Yeah, I have a, I have a male friend. Um, who I've known for a very long time, and I've noticed, I've noticed, um, continually picks women, I think, who he would consider kind of less than him. Mm-hmm. Like, he has to be smarter, you know, smarter, make more money. And he's always complaining about how lonely he is, even when he's in these relationships. And so I'm wondering if there might be some kind of a link there. Oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, that, for me, as a therapist, that's kind of a big deal. And and yet... Here's, here's my dilemma. You know, the problem, we pity the therapist because we poor therapists often say things that are really good and helpful, and people think we're not being good and helpful. They think we're being good and moral. And honestly, if inequality was something that would help relationships do better, I'd be all for it, I guess. But in this, because in my relationship with my dog, it's not a relationship based on equality, and we do fine. Well, in your relationship with your dog, we know who's higher up on <laughs> Stop. the food chain. All right. So, but in relationships with human beings, there are certain needs only humans can meet. And no, I'm not talking about sex, Jackie. I'm talking about certain needs for companionship. And to the degree that I'm partnered up with someone who's really not you know, on my level, to the degree that I'm partnered up with someone who's really in an unequal place, I'm really not going to get those deeper needs for human companionship met. I can have friends, I can have family that care about me. But in these more intimate relationships, we have some choices. And basically, they all come down to three choices. What? Well, I just want to clarify really fast. Um, Quick. They might be on his level. I'm saying that he's choosing people who he does not consider to be on his level. And and okay. Okay. So they they might be totally on his level. He just doesn't he's not thinking that. Right. So a standard way of looking at that or a standard way of doing that would be the so called codependent who is into rescuing damsels in distress. Sure. That would be one way of doing it. Another way would be um on the from the woman's side, maybe the the very kind woman who's got a heart of gold who keeps taking in stray dogs so that she can help them and better their lives and because no one will understand them or love them the way that she does and she sees something special in them. So they're both men and women do this and then they wonder why are they so lonely? So I'd like everyone at home to engage in a mindful meditation. Not really, just joking. I don't, I don't do that <laughs> stuff. Just kidding. I imagine, though, a teeter-totter on a playground. And the teeter-totter can go up one side, but if it does, it goes down on the other side and vice versa. Or with two very trusting people, um, we can even it out so that our legs are either touching or not quite touching the ground, but we can maintain sort of a balance. Well, that balance would be a visual metaphor for what I'm talking about in terms of equality. It doesn't mean that my wife can wrestle me to a, to a draw. 
And it doesn't mean that she always beats me uh, every other time that we play marbles or <laughs> play marbles with your wife. Hey, don't make fun. Don't be judgy. It doesn't mean that we have to be the same as being equals just means of equal worth that we're of equal worth in the relationship that we equally deserve respect that we equally deserve a voice and it doesn't mean i'm ever going to be equally sound in my thinking as my wife is she's just better with money i can admit that and it doesn't mean that she's got to learn how to shovel in the garden the way I do, because if she doesn't, she's not carrying her fair share of the load. No, we're different. We get to be different. But if those differences transfer to our philosophy of love and relationship and marriage, then we're really missing the bigger picture. And that bigger picture would be that without equality, we are always going to be lonely. Because as much as I do love my dog, and I do love her very much, she really would be incapable of meeting my deeper emotional needs. And really only another human being can do that. And 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 talking as the other person, I mean, I have been in a relationship where I was with somebody who did not consider me to be his equal. Um, and that was apparent. God help him. <laughs> right. What did you do to him? I well, I had we we're no longer together. We'll All just right. we'll just leave it at that. All but right. but I I remember also being very lonely. And you were on the you were the underdog. I, I was the underdog in this one. Um, and and it is lonely because you know that there are things that you could be doing together that you could be helping each other with. To you know, I, I've been right? in very equal relationships, and there and there's no comparison on that. I, and so, so it is. I think that that I don't know. I, it is. It's lonely for everyone. Yes. And, and if I was about to add to that because I've been in the other, I've been the guy who was the top dog in the relationship with my damsel in distress, and I remember trying to talk to her about my need for more equality because I felt so lonely in the relationship, and she understood me just fine, but there was an awful lot of. Um, benefit, I would say, to being in her position because there were certain things she got to avoid, things she didn't have to deal with, and things she expected me to take care of. So it's it's kind of weird how it can be adverse for no matter what side you're on. And sometimes people won't give up their entrenched position because they're enjoying the ancillary benefits too much. Well, and that's, I was just thinking the same thing is, is if you're, if you're on top, if you're the, you know, you're not sexually, Stephen. What? I didn't say anything. Jeez, then please. you are in charge of everything. You have to take care of everything. Like all the pressure is on you to do everything, which is exhausting. Well, right. And, and so if we could be truly partners in life together, oh my gosh. I mean, there's nothing like that. I, I, I talk to adult men who are single, who've gone through divorces all the time, and uh, their eyes just uh, get glassy with tears when they, when they start thinking about the pain of what it was like to never have a partner and how much someday they hope they can finally discover that. And I, I think that brings us to another point in this topic, though, and, and that is, you know, as much as our society says we really care about family, we really don't teach anybody how to do it. And even if our family is just a twosome with no children at all, equality is still a very important thing. But it's not really on our radar. It's, it's not on our radar as 
something of benefit. It's on our radar as more or less something that's quite moral, and you should do it. You shouldn't be a sexist pig, whoever you are listening to this. <laughs> you should do, you know, treat your partner as an equal, treat particularly women as equals, except we don't do the things we do through our lives every day for moral reasons. Mostly, we do a lot of what we do out of self-interest. And I think that's part of what's missing in this discussion is, you know, it's, we, we treat equality as if it's a, um, you know, kind of a cause celeb for women. And, and really, I see how that would work in terms of wages and equality in the workplace. I can see how that would work in a lot of industries where there's a sexist unfairness. But in terms of relationship, I think it's just really clear, just as in business, we all benefit from neurological diversity. And this neurodiversity helps us to bring more brains to every problem we're trying to solve. Well, that's the thing, as you, you say, that we're all working out of self-interest, but it is in our self-interest to pick somebody who is our equal. Because honestly, otherwise, why? What What is even the point? I mean, it, it would be better to just be alone, yeah. I, I think, than to... Yeah, so I have a story for you. This is this is kind of a sex story, too. I know you'll like it. Um, it I was on a date. Uh, I had just divorced about a year before from my first marriage, and I had not yet met my second wife and my current wife. And I love you, Sharon, so the story has nothing to do with you. And... Um, I remember we were, it was after the date, we'd gone out for dinner, we'd gone back to her place, and we were seated, seated on the couch for what I think most of us would recognize as the pre-makeout conversation. That if that conversation goes well, we're going to be getting to some serious stuff in a very few minutes. There'll be some kissing, there'll be some hugging. We don't need all the... And, well, uh, and in Baptist circles, that could even lead to dancing. So <laughs> in any case, um, she, as her overture, when, when things got serious, this very powerful woman who, whom I had been dating because she was so powerful, she was just a wonderful woman, and, and I really admired her a lot. She actually literally batted her eyes. <laughs> and she said, I just don't want to get hurt. And then she looked away demurely. I mean, I didn't know people even did demure anymore, but she did. And I started laughing, which, you know, in any high school play, like Our Town or something like that, uh, The Crucible, you're, you're supposed to memorize your lines. And if you memorize your lines, then everything is going to go well. And I totally messed up my line because I've asked hundreds of guys in the years since, and every guy has always told me, oh, no. You don't say that. You say, baby, I would never hurt you. That's the standard response. Which is probably a lie. And of course I, I it's promise a lie. you can't keep. Right, exactly. So why would you say it? Well, because Cause we're expect you're we're hoping to visit that Chinese Nookie factory. So <laughs> um, in any case, I think uh, I started laughing and she she was very game. God bless her. I can just imagine her in the high school play because she she was a little disconcerted, a little distracted, and then she gave me my cue again. She repeated this same exact line, I just don't want to get hurt. And that was just 
that was it. I, f I literally, I know people say this, but I did literally fall off the couch laughing. I was on the floor, pounding the floor with tears running down my face. And now she's looking at me like crazy. What did I invite into my house? <laughs> How do I get rid of this guy? I need help. And I pulled myself back up on the couch and I said, look, the only reason I'm even dating you is because I have such deep respect for you and for your strength as not only a human being, but specifically as a woman. And the truth is, in just about every relationship, every romance that's ever been, eventually, usually it doesn't work out. Somebody's going to get hurt. The great majority of relationships don't work out. And the odds that it, ours is going to work out are slim to none. But... That's got to be a turn on hearing that. Well, it's the truth. And I try to go with the truth. <laughs> so I, she's looking at me and I said, so, and another thing, you're talking as if you're, you being the woman, you're the only one who might risk some sort of psychic or, or emotional pain. And the truth is both of us are at risk of suffering some pain. I just went through a divorce. I know that was really painful for me. And I think that if we're going to keep dating, I would need you to step up and take responsibility for being at equal risk with me in this relationship that we might be able to work through. And what do you say? And, you know, to her deep and lasting credit, I always have fond memories of this woman. She sat up a little straighter. And she looked at me in the eye and she said, okay. And that was the end of all of the psychodrama lines that were being said in the play. And we actually got to have a real conversation after that. I won't tell you the rest because it's very adult, but it's, <laughs> and it's, it would be it's too early in the day. Right. But I think that if people can just understand this is, this is in their hands, not only as a, a value, but it's something they can build. They don't have to find somebody who's unequal and then say, well, that's not the person for me. You can challenge people and you can interact with people and you can talk to people because a lot of us don't have equality in our lives and relationships because we didn't know it was a thing. We never thought about it. You know, on that, that tiny little menu of choices we get, you know, as we hit adulthood, who knew equality was something I was supposed to talk about? Well, and that's a really good point because in, in my case, the relationship I was in where he did not consider me his equal, I obviously was. You know, so if it was a matter of just adjusting the relationship, it didn't have to be break up, go find somebody else. I mean, we could have gotten there. We, right. We, we if could he have could have changed his attitude. You know, that, looked that would have been the big thing. And obviously I would have had to in some ways too. But um, so anyway, I think that we've beat this horse to death. What? I, I thought I was, that was brilliance I was sharing with all. Oh, I'm sorry. One Be brilliant. and all. I mean, are you kidding? This is like the number one reason I think my first marriage failed. How about you? <sighs> Probably didn't help. Well, I mean, it, we were talking about loneliness and I think equality cures loneliness. It is, in fact, the only cure. If you're not in a relationship based on equality, uh, you're with somebody who thinks of themselves as either your superior or your inferior, either your parent or your child. 
and that it's very lonely being a single parent and it's lonely being an only child with a single parent so it's kind of a big deal well and that's you know to what we were saying before if if you're not in a relationship with somebody who is your equal in my opinion you're better off being by yourself and i'll tell you i've never been lonely when i'm by myself well i have but it's a different kind of loneliness for me it it just feels it feels better. It feels less painful because I have hope and I have options. But, you know, again, I, I, I just, I don't think, I think most of us are way too passive when it comes to this. And I think talking about it in, in our dating is, is an important part. Like, well, how come you're still single? A nice looking gal like you, you know, that kind of thing. And to be able to say, well, because I can't find guys who will respect me as an equal. Or because there are very few men out there who would be... Oh, men love that. You should try that line of bars. Oh, well, you know what? Uh, any guy who runs away from that line was never a contender to begin with, right? And I think it's the same for men talking to women. Uh, and they get to say something just like what I said. Or they could say, I'm just looking for a life partner who can really have my back. You know, somebody who can confront me when they see me making a mistake and not be some kind of shrinking wallflower who fades away when I'm full of myself and making the biggest mistakes of my life. Nice. So what's the key takeaway for this conversation? <laughs> I mean, I know it's equality cures loneliness. <laughs> well, I think, I think equality cures loneliness is a slogan worth remembering. But I would also say, and the power to create intimacy is in our hands. It is, but not literally. With, it is with uh, within us. <laughs> you cannot repress yourself. It's compulsive. Hi, this is Stephen Ng. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Asking for a Friend with therapist Stephen Ng. If you have questions for Stephen, please tweet us at Stephen Ng MFT.